good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and possibly good night, depending on where you come from and where you are located in the world. My name is Johnny Mota. This is the show, AV Insider, and I'm your host. You should know my name. You should know the show. You probably know Rave Publications, where this show is hosted at ravepubs.com in the Rave Radio tab, and if you don't, you do now. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. As you're well aware, I have special guests every week on this show, and each one with their own unique tale about their own products, typically pertaining to the AV industry, but I like to include lighting and lighting controls in the AV industry as well, because what I see is more and more people who are incorporating lighting and lighting controls from the AV side or vice versa, right? So they're sort of blurring the lines there, just like the AV IT convergence which is a big buzzword and no-no on my show, but it, it exists and that's what people say. I just feel like a lot of things are crossing over. And so that being said, today I have a special guest by the name of Eric Higgs. Eric is the founder at LumaStream. Eric, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I, I, would, I was curious to learn more. I don't have a whole lot of manufacturers talking about lighting controls and and things like that, but I, I want more because that part of my past as an integrator, not only AV, but a lot of it was lighting and lighting controls. And so I feel that that's a very important part of our industry and it's growing more and more so. And before I just tell my whole life story, let's talk about yours and LumaStream. Um, okay, thank you. Yes. I agree with you on that point. <laughs> uh, the, the convergence of technology uh, is happening very quickly. And control is is everything, uh, especially when it comes to the new world of LED lighting and yeah. uh, the wonderful things we can do with it. But um, just a little bit on my background. Uh, I've been a high-tech entrepreneur my whole life. I spent most of it in the Silicon Valley uh, during the tech boom and constantly looking for disruptive uh, technology opportunities. I'm a firm believer that if it's not revolutionary, it's not worth doing. And um, I come from a computer science math background, but I also have a, a, I'm a very serious sculptor. And ironically, the, the advent of this company was a result of needing to light a very large sculpture installation in Tampa, Florida. At that time, it was about 19, 2009. I'm missing myself by a decade here. 2009, and LEDs were just, becoming potentially viable, very, very expensive. The light quality was very poor. A lot of people thought it may not be a viable source of general lighting. But I felt that the, the energy efficiency uh, was so profound that the other technical challenges could be worked out. What I realized was that very quickly that the lighting industry was putting a high-tech product on a high-voltage AC infrastructure, the same infrastructure that we've used 130 years for the Edison bulb. And what is required to run such a fixture on a high-voltage infrastructure is you have to have power conversions from high-voltage AC to low-voltage DC. You need drivers. You need other components for control. And it's all being packed into a little bulb or a fixture with hundreds of electronic components. And there's lots of problems from that. So it just wasn't a logical approach. And um, a couple of us teamed up 
and we said, well, why don't we look at this from ground up? What is the inherent nature of LEDs? What can they do? How are they powered? And what we conceived was a complete low voltage system where we removed all the power conversion technology out of, out of the fixture itself. So all that remains is the LEDs and a heat sink and a housing and then put that remotely in a centralized power supply with multiple channels. So we're powering many fixtures off one set of electronics, high quality electronics. So that solves many problems. First of all, it, it solves the fixture failure problem because electronic components produce heat. And that heat is confined in a very small area causing basically the electronics to cook themselves and therefore the fixtures fail well before their promised life. That heat also causes color shift, meaning the heat puts stress on the arrays and then it, it causes a degradation of the light quality over time. You're also putting in high voltage infrastructure with all that heavy copper, all that labor, which is completely unnecessary. You know, why are we bending pipe to power a fixture that uses a trickle of watts? Uh, the reason that pipe exists and all the other junction boxes, everything's for safety. Well, you can't start a fire in a class two low voltage environment. So what we decided to do is to build a turnkey system that includes the power, the fixtures, and the control. That works. It's integrated. It's not over-engineered for a given application. It's not under-engineered. It's, it's exactly specified correctly. And then... We also realize you can't bring a high-tech product to market in a low-tech 130-year-old supply chain. The supply chain is filled with people that, on average, ha are not technology people. They've been selling uh, you know, fixtures that have no technology in them for a very long time. You have light reps, you have distributors, you have showrooms, you have a lot of people that get their hand in and causing many, many markups on light fixtures. And therefore, by the time it gets to the customer, it is a very expensive unless the quality is cheapened, which we've seen uh, through the commoditization of LED bulbs and some fixtures. So we felt that LEDs were exciting from the control side that they could be controlled to optimize human response, whether it's circadian rhythm, how people react to different changes in sunlight temperature during the day. Um, it has an effect on productivity, uh, shopping behavior, health. And now we could control this digital product in a way that's never been possible with other lighting. So the excitement of it and the energy combined with the energy savings we decided to go directly to the end market and skip traditional distribution. We went to, we go to the end customers. Uh, we have house accounts, restaurants, banks, things of that nature. Hmm. Um, we, we have, we like the showrooms of the top electric car company in the world. We, we also have relationships which is what the original business model was based on, going directly to AV integrators. Okay. Now, AV integrators, right? They have, they have not, uh, they've been installing lighting control systems, most of them, for a long time. 
but they haven't sold the lighting package. Right. So why is that? It's been it's a high voltage product. They need a high voltage electrical license, and most of them don't have those in their companies. So they have not sold the lighting package. Well, we've created the equivalent of a stereo amp with speakers. We have a centralized power supply and fixtures. We, you can actually plug in our power supply into a 120 outlet. You don't need uh, electrical, line voltage electrical contracting license. Now having said that, we have a lot of electrical contractors coming on board as well. Hmm. Uh, so now we have a huge revenue opportunity to AV integrators that didn't exist before. And our system is logical, easy to install. We provide support on the specification and lighting design side of things to make it as seamless as possible because most AV integrators are not lighting experts. Many of our customers are, you know, while we offer those services, are bringing some of those capabilities in-house, some of the, the bigger ones. But there is a universal interest for expanding revenue with a high margin product. And we're here with the lighting system that's been in development for over 10 years and that we spent tens of millions of dollars uh, bringing uh, to where we are today. Very cool. So that's, that's a high level overview. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, what I, I'm curious, okay, so does LumaStream manufacture all the products that it offers? We manufacture our power technology in St. Petersburg, Florida. Most of our power technology is developed, uh, and we do the R&D, we do the prototyping, and we do the manufacturing in St. Pete, Florida. We work with a uh, contract manufacturer that populates our um, sub-assembly, and we do all the box builds and testing and flashing our firmware right to St. Pete uh, for our main product line. So we keep control of quality. Quality is everything. Our okay. quality track record is, is stellar. So that's very important to us. So what about the lighting specifically, though? Is that a partnership with a lighting manufacturer that you can separate the drivers from so that you can make them CL2 or make them low voltage and have your drivers remote? Yes. So when we started the company no fixture manufacturers would sell to us. Right. And if we bought them through distribution, they were ridiculously expensive. So we bought our own CNC equipment and we started making fixtures from raw metal stock and had our own line of fixtures until we started getting some scale. And now we have partnerships with a number of fixture companies uh, based in the US and we're doing some direct sourcing. We continue to make very specialized, unique fixed high-end fixtures for certain applications, but that's quite minimal. We're not trying to be an LED fixture company. But I see. We are selling an entire system, and therefore, the AV integrators or the electrical contractors are able to make money on the entire system rather than just the power portion of it. Understood. Okay, so I don't. I don't really want to focus too much on the fixtures, but I do have one question um, regarding. Because I, so I live in California, we have a thing called Title 24 and uh, JAA compliance and, and uh, a lot of energy codes and requires things like really high CRIs, 90 plus CRI, um, 
and that they'd be a certain efficiency on the lumens per watt output of the fixtures. Um, so do you offer multiple or anything in your lighting line that can comply with that? Yes, we are, we're in the process right now of many of our products are energy star uh, listed now. Okay. We also have, uh, the challenge is, is the fact that code, uh, the regulatory agencies have not really known exactly what to do with a complete class two low voltage lighting system. Right. But as things are emerging and we're working with them and some others, there are standards that are coming, uh, coming to bear that make it sensible for being able to list an entire system rather than just a component. So we're making good progress uh, with that. So we do have product that can be sold into California and we're expanding that rapidly because we all know that California is the most stringent state. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of restrictions about stuff. <laughs> and it changes, it feels daily, but yeah, it changes every year. Um, okay, yeah. so that, that's all I really need. You know, we don't have to get, go into great detail since you're not necessarily, you know, or, or trying to be a lighting manufacturer, but provide a larger solution so that, AV integrators and uh, and and people from industry can provide a, a complete bid versus just the controls portion of a lighting package, right? Um, that is so, absolutely right. So it's right, a great and I like that because I agree with you. Yes, uh, typically you don't see someone who, and you know, unless they're an electrical contractor that has both licenses that can provide the controls and the lighting as well. But it's not something that's super. Um, super common but it uh i do see it come up often so everyone's a little bit different and depending where you are right you might just be the the integrator who is doing the control portion or you might be the the lighting team that is doing just the lighting or if you're lucky you're doing both and if you are congratulations you know you got more more piece of the pie so yeah, I'm seeing, if i may interrupt you here yeah what i'm seeing is i have a relevant comment um what we're seeing is that some of the AV integration firms are starting to bring on a line voltage electrician or, or two or start a little part of their company and vice versa. So because of the convergence in technology, it's very difficult to operate as, nowadays as a just pulling wire bending pipe. Right. You know, we're, we're in a high tech world. If you think back to the eighties, you know, the, the electricians lost alarm systems, security systems in AV. And that's why the emergence of the AV integrator market really took off, is they didn't want to take on that class two type product line. Well, we've come along and we basically replaced half the wire in a building, uh, line voltage wiring in a building, in favor of a class two solution because of the inherent nature and the of, of LEDs and what power was required by them. Yeah. So we've seen electrical contracting firms starting to realize that this is logical and we've been around long enough to prove that this is, this is here to stay and the adoption is being driven very, very aggressively right now. So it's a logical solution. And um, yeah, I just wanted to, to uh, push that in there. Okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Let me, let's talk more about the control system itself. And I realize that LumaStream is more of a complete package and not necessarily 
lighting or controls separately, although I'm sure you could provide that, but rather a larger complete package. So I'd like to focus a little bit more on the controls. Um, can we, we talk about some of the, the capabilities of the system, some of the uh, limitations and things like that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, we made a strategic decision at the beginning that we would, we would create, uh, we'd be controls agnostic, hmm. meaning we write the API that communicates with about every control, common control system out there, Crestron, Lutron, Control Force, Savant, Ferris, um, et cetera, et cetera. We felt that if we're selling product into the AV integration firms and there is a control, for, control for shop, we can't come in there and say, hey, we have a proprietary control system that you have to learn and specify. You may be unfamiliar with it, but you know, go for it. That, that would be a mistake. Uh, we're not trying to displace any of the work that the AV integrators are doing today, the products they sell and the expertise they have. We are augmenting a product set that can drive a lot more revenue. Mm. So on the control side, uh, we are primarily working, most of our, our power technology is operating on the DMX uh, protocol. And okay. the control systems, if they don't have native DMX, there's a DMX converter technology that's very affordable and allows that, then it allows a very discrete control on a fixture by fixture or pair of fixtures basis uh, with, you know, say a full DMX universe. We do have zero to 10 analog uh, system as well. And um, so that's really what we offer today. We're going in some, some new directions as well in our next, next uh, version of our technology. So is LumaStream not meant to be a standalone control system and lighting package? Is it meant to be controlled by the control system of the integrator's choice, whether that be Levitin, Lutron, Savant, or, or whichever? Yes. In fact, for our, say, our direct accounts, say a restaurant chain, yes. we typically provide the control system. Uh, and it would, if, you know, we use Crestron, we use Control 4, okay. we would be like Savant. There's a number of them that we recommend for the given application. But we do not sell control systems typically to AV integrators. They, they have their preferred control systems. If a AV integrator is not selling control today, then we point them in the right direction um, and we could source controls for them. But typically they have relationships that they can tap into and get that product directly. Um, so situationally, we will sell the control package. On our restaurant chains, uh, we, we actually pre-program the control systems and ship them on multiple pallets with the power and the fixtures and they go to the site and they're installed and commissioned and, they're off to the races. So it depends on the situation and the customer needs. I see. Okay. So now I'm understanding a little bit more about the company and how you operate. So in my mind, I recall seeing a different manufacturer doing something similar to what you're doing. Not quite the same, right? Not quite apples and apples, but similar, right? So there how, is, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, how would you say, how would you differentiate LumaStream from the others, right? How, how, how would you say that LumaStream is maybe better or different, I suppose, right? What separates right. you? Well, of course we think better. 
<laughs> well, that's why I use the word better, but yes. <laughs> well, the power for Ethernet is a, a POA category wire is a technology. There are some solutions out there. The, um, they unfortunately didn't, um, they, they were sold on a fair cents on the dollar based on their investment um, investors. And they, the problem is that category wire is not made for power. It is made for data. Right. And the connectors are such are made for data. And you start pushing power to that, that very thin gauge wire and you've got drive current limitations. Uh, you've got term, terminating termination issues and difficulties with Cat5, Cat6 wires. It's very difficult to terminate, put connectors on there. Um, you've got efficiency issues. You also have, it's a very expensive solution uh, in total to be able to um, tie it into the proper ports. You also have to put signal receivers and, and more electronics back into the fixture after you take the drivers out. I don't know all the reasons um, for, okay. for what direction Redwood Systems went, but there are not, uh, a few solutions out there. I think that, that that could be a good solution for maybe an eMERGE Alliance initiative where they've got a charged CC grid and they've got intelligence in the fixture and they have predictable runs and they could put a system very, very quickly and efficiently and have a very intelligent lighting system, say, in a drop ceiling application uh, for an office. But the flexibility that we offer for about every lighting, general architectural lighting application uh, with our class two, simple class two wire is, uh, I think, provides us a, a far superior solution in terms of performance, installation, longevity, cost, and uh, overall quality. So we, we talked about this, or you touched on it lightly, uh, I didn't ask you, but you said your business model is typically you are direct to your, I don't want to say house accounts, but national accounts, right? Like whether that be like a hotel or, or larger companies, restaurants, or the integrator direct no distribution direct to the integrator or your um, national accounts correct yes we we ship directly to our customers which are the AV integrators okay we work through uh, AV rep firms okay uh, Dobbs Stanford out of te Dallas Texas uh, with Fred Dobbs he's a uh, well, most considered him the grandfather of the AV rep industry and he's been doing this a long time he actually he found us online uh, three years ago and was pounding our door down to start selling product. We said, well, we're not ready. We need, we need better training. We need more materials. We need more product. Yeah. And he stayed on us and he really launched us. And so okay. the AV rep firms are, have been excellent in pointing us in the direction of the AV integration companies that they believe are earlier adopters, pay their bills, great people to work with, more progressive. And so we have had a very, very successful uh, rollout of our technology across the country utilizing the AV rep company. And uh, it's been quite, quite um, 
successful. So um, it's a kind of kind of another lighting question, but it, it has to do with the, the the package, right? So looking down the line, the the product offering in lighting, sorry, uh, LED fixtures specifically. Um, I noticed that a lot of it was like wall sconce pendants and some recessed lights, but I did not see, and maybe I, I just glossed over it, uh, commercial two by twos, two by fours, things of that nature. You'd see like in offices and such. And I know that's one of the markets that you, you cover, but I'm curious if that's something that may be, uh, on the horizon or looking into. Yes, that's, that's a, an accurate observation. Uh, we have, we are just now offering, uh, looking into and developing offerings in the, the Troffer area. That is a very commodity-driven market. Right. Uh, there's very inexpensive flat panel LED troughers, and very often in that environment, you, they're looking for, for light, not necessarily control quality of light. It, it is light. And our system needs to be sold on more benefits than that because we do have a more expensive system for that type of application. So if you're looking at uh, circadian rhythm and having light that emulates the sun throughout the day, if you have that kind of control uh, in that kind of system, or you're putting in uh, sort of an IoT solution with integrated sensor data for human analytic uh, information, or one of those directions, then our system starts to make sense. So we are working now on that next generation of product, and we will see if the market in that type of office troffer type situation will, will be interested in a higher-end solution for that application. We are not competing against Home Depot. We're not competing against the, the cheapest product out there. We're competing for business that values quality, that values longevity, that values safety. We remove all the fire risk in a building having to do with lighting because it's a class two system. I see. So there's benefits that we offer, but if you're looking at your upfront capital expenditure, you need to focus not only on the equipment, the power, the fixtures and the control, but the cost of installation and the gear. You know, you're we're using 18-2 wire. It's, that wire is a lot less expensive than line voltage wire. Correct. And also even category wire for that matter we spoke of earlier. Yeah. And the installation is much simpler, especially when you're, you're doing high ceiling applications that may require pipe. You're just running 18 to wire. And rather than bending pipe, you're putting, putting that type of uh, infrastructure in place. So you need to take into account all the infrastructure savings. If you go back to the panel, we're running about 160 watt equivalent LEDs, 120 of 120 amp circuit. So that's about five power supplies running hmm. 120 fixtures. At 277, we're running over 320 fixtures off 120 amp circuit. So it's not easy, it's not difficult to start calculating the the service saving and the panel savings with that heavy reduction 
and in the circuits that's required in a building that would typically be required for lighting. If you get into a condo tower or something larger, you're talking about reducing uh, step-down transformers and generator size. So when you look at the CapEx piece of the equation compared to an alternative LED solution, I think that most are surprised that despite the superior quality that our system offers, that it really isn't a whole lot more. In some cases, it's less. I see. Yeah, and so I agree with you about, you know, like saying in, in uh, commercial building, they are just looking for light. But now, at least what I'm seeing here in California, uh, you know, the control portion is basically daylight harvesting and uh, things like that. I don't, I have not seen yet, to my knowledge, uh, an office building that is doing um, color shifting or, or um, like you said, for circadian rhythm and things like that. I typically see that in in uh, educational hospitality, um, in the actual hospital, and uh, again, in educational spaces. And, but it's been coming up more and more and more and more, and obviously for good reason. Yeah. And so I, I just, yeah, and so that, that, that was one of the reasons why I thought, you know, maybe, you know, it's not, it's not there yet within your system, but it is something you're looking into and I get what you're saying about not trying to compete against Home Depot because they're such a, a commodity. I feel like every day I see someone new with, well, you know, here, we made this too. I'm like, well, that's great. Get in line with the other handful of manufacturers that are do, right. doing that, right? So it's, right. it's not, not really a race to the bottom, but it just it, more and more of that pops up. And what I see from the customer side is typically, depending on who it is, right, they want something slow cost because I just got a passcode and get it up there or it is more of a quality scenario, right? Or it's more of an architectural feel and that becomes a whole different type of system, right? So then we start to look into controls and the look and the feel and the fit of the area and the solution provided. And a lot of those people are also looking for labor-saving control systems as well. So when we talk about LumaStream, it sounds like this is a labor-saving and profit margin solution to controls with lighting all in one. Correct. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing that can go wrong with a fixture that has, has no electronics other than, than the, the LEDs themselves. Right. Uh, we'll the, just fade fixture, over time. There's nothing to fail, fail, right? They're going to reach their full rated useful life of the LED itself, which is a very, very long time. And uh, on the power side, the drivers to refer to, that's where the problem would take place. That's why we emphasize quality over any, every, everything else, quality, because we don't want the customer to have any maintenance. And we have a track record to show that there's been almost a perfect track record on quality over since the inception of the company. So, so that, that's really what we're emphasizing in our system. But get, to get back to the lighting in general, the narrative needs to be, what can we do with lighting now to enhance our lives? And because about anything is possible with light now in terms of the control side. And when you have assisted care living facilities, hospitals, places where people do not get out the natural daylight, the ability 
to emulate the sun throughout the day is is incredible. Uh, that is uh, probably the hottest area in the lighting industry right now is that. And um, of course, a control system like a DMX protocol that allows for very, very discrete control is optimally suited for that type of, of, of system. I now see where LumaStream is placing themselves in in an area where you're talking about, right? So LEDs change lighting on everything. They change our efficiencies, our outputs, our power consumption. And like you're saying, weren't really best suited to live on a high voltage system, right? Why? They're, Correct. They could, they could fail. There's issues. There's inverse current. There's a lot of factors, and, and dimming becomes a problem and things like that. But if you talk about low voltage and and PoE, we know what our distances are, and we know, like you talked about, LEDs, light-emitting diodes, can, can output a very high lumen output to, based on the drivers, right? So, But they also, depending on what it is, use very minimal power compared to what they were replacing our old incandescence CFLs, HIDs, whatever it is that they were meant to replace. So if you take yeah. those components out that typically fail of the fixture itself, like you said, the fixture no longer has a fail rate, but rather the LED eventually will live its life. It's L70 or fade over time and come to that life that can be replaced. And the driver itself now holds the, the power, if you will, no pun intended, to where the fail happens there within your can and servicing becomes way more manageable, way easier. And um, yeah, it just something I guess I never really thought about until I started seeing some POE fixtures and, and distribution hubs for lighting a few years back and, and control systems doing something similar, you know, with of cat five communication or category cable communication. Um, some people are doing it. Some people aren't, but LumaStream seems to be doing it in a completely different manner. Um, and I, I really applaud what you're, what you're doing here. So let me, let me ask you, uh, where do you see the future of your company going? Well, right now, we've, we've proven our technology. We right. have 20 patents and in, in counting. We, are, we have shown that the market is hungry and adoption is, is happening rapidly now. Where we are as a company now is we will continue innovating. And we will, we will have a, an IoT solution here um, in the next, uh, next iteration of our technology. We will have uh, expand the communication protocols. We will expand the capabilities of the system in general. But what we're doing now is we're building a beachhead, if you will, to scale in, in a very rapid fashion. We've been careful about not growing faster than what the organization can support in terms of quality and delivery and customer service and support, training. I think it's very critical. You don't just take every bit of business that comes your way. We want right. to do it in a responsible, methodical, and consistent manner. So those are, those are the things that we're 
focused on right now is how to best scale, how to best train and convert universal enthusiasm for a product into productive dealers that are ordering our product on a consistent basis. So we're looking at different ways to increase the number of online tools for specification. We're looking at ways to make our training more effective, to have more webinars, yeah. uh, to evangelize our product. Uh, podcast is a perfect example to get the word out yeah. and then show the validation, show the validation and talk about the success stories that are happening out there. So okay. it's all about growth and execution now. Okay. And well, we listen. Go ahead. Yeah, so no, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, aside this pos- podcast, uh, for people maybe who aren't listening to it right now, um, and people that may be going to trade shows, where can other integrators see, meet and greet, kick the tires, get a hands-on, eyes-on demonstration of your products? Well, we have... We have almost we have coverage on most of the United States in terms of the AV rep companies. Okay. And some have joined recently. Some have been on board for a couple of years. And those rep companies are promoting our products to the AV dealers. So if somebody's listening to this show, they can certainly call our office, and we will direct them toward the rep company that is handling our product. We also have training sessions. Uh, quarterly here in St. Pete, Florida, and we have AV folks flying in from all over the country. We also recognize that not everybody can do that. So we have regional trainings as well in various cities, and we will continue to do that. We have a big presence at uh, Cedia every year, and then we attend various other specialty trade shows. Um, but there's certainly all kinds of ways to get a hold of us and learn learn more about what we do. So they can okay. go online can contact us that way, give us a call, send us an email online, call, talk to the rep companies that they work with. If they aren't already representing LumaStream, then um, again, can call us and we'll point you in the right direction of who is representing it. Uh, I just want to mention... Azion is our... Azion's a buying group we signed up with recently. We're extremely pleased with them. Great people. They're very passionate about our product. This was probably... A month and a half ago, I believe we signed up. Two months ago, so we're excited to be part of the Azion Group, and uh, that that's that's going to be a great partnership going forward. That's great. Um, for people who want to learn more, the website is LumaStream.com. L-U-M-A Stream.com. The number you said you can call in. It's seven, area code seven two seven eight two seven twenty eight zero five. That's seven two seven eight two seven two eight zero five. You mentioned. Yeah, CDS show, but and other various trade shows. I'm curious, since it's coming up in June, do you attend Infocom? We will be at Infocom. We will not have a booth there, but we'll have a presence. And cool. we're setting up various meetings. Uh, we'll probably have a booth there next year. We just, um, we had so much activity recently. <laughs> meeting customer demand. We did not uh, get our act together in time to have a booth at Infocom, but we will certainly have LumaStream people there. And uh, if you're interested in meeting with us, give us a call at the numbers previously provided, 727-827-2805. Very cool. Uh, I will be there. I don't personally have a booth. However, 
I will be in a booth in a podcast station with my host slash co-host slash supergroup master Victoria Barella, who is also another podcaster <laughs> on the Rave Radio Network. She has a show very uniquely called Coffee with Millennial hyphen Z. Millennial Z or Millennials, plural, depending on how you read that. It's a good show. You should check it out. It's a good point of view from the younger millennial point of AV and typically someone within the industry who is not a millennial. Uh, kind of pairing the two together, having coffee, talking tech. Good show. Check it out. Rave Radio or ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. Coffee with Millennials. But um, yeah, so if you're going to be there, Eric, I would love to meet up, uh, say hi, and you know, just officially meet you. That'd be great. Uh, again, for people who will also be there, they won't have a booth, but you can find their people there and get with your local rep to learn more. Um, before we end the show, Eric, is there anything we haven't mentioned about Limistream that we probably should? I think you've covered it well. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention a an application that's our number one commercial market application, which okay. is House of Worship. Okay. And the reason is it is incredibly difficult to replace a light in a 30, 40 foot ceiling in a church. It's on average cost somewhere between a thousand and two thousand dollars for one light. The reason is, is you've got to get some kind of lift in there. You've got pews in the way. And I give this example because it, it absolutely maximizes the benefits of our system in that without a driver in the fixture, it's not going to fail. You have right. zero maintenance and control and light quality is very, very important. So on the control side, that is a big deal as well, and having no fire risk. And the, the, the other thing is we have written algorithms that solve the video flicker and compatibility issue when you're doing video recording at low light levels. Our technology uh, adapts from a light frequency standpoint so you don't get lines scrolling through the video. And if you've got a wedding, you do not want the bride to be angry at you because there's lines going through the video. <laughs> we have solved we've solved that problem as well. So the, the house of worship is a good example. I just wanted to emphasize the benefit of not having to do maintenance in a church. It is a big deal. Agreed. Um, I, I feel like I always mention this before uh, or in other application when it comes to lighting and somehow it slipped me. Yes, that is very accurate. Um, changing a lamp in any application can be time consuming. And especially let's take residential, for example, even if it's the homeowner, maybe they're older, they just, you know, they are retiring, changing a lamp in most newer homes isn't typically easy with led. People are unsure what that even means. Some people think the led means lead, right? It's not, it's light emitting diode, but <laughs> you know, sometimes you get a, you have a, a ceiling that's eight feet. Sometimes it's 10. I've done some immaculate homes with, the, the very high ceilings that you're talking about in a house of worship scenario. So changing any lamp in any scenario can be time consuming, obviously some more than others and they need to, you know, call someone else to do it. And that costs more money than doing it yourself. Uh, so yes, again, I cannot emphasize enough labor saving, time saving, money saving, better solution, well thought out. Um, so when something fails, it isn't the picture that you need to get up and climb to get to. It is something that's remotely 
put or hidden away, hidden the drivers, right? So when the driver fails, you can get to that easier. You most likely are not going to have to get onto a ladder unless you put your panel 30 feet in the air, in which case I don't think that's legal. But I don't know that for sure. But it's typically not. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Right? Um, so it, it is your system, LumaStream, is a very well thought out system and solution. And I, I really hope that this, um, this grows, right? I, you're doing so much already. I'm very curious to kind of see how well the AV integrators of the world start to take off with this. Um, oh, actually, sorry, final question. You said, you said United States, but do you do anything outside of the United States? The automobile manufacturer we work with have, uh, have uh, showrooms throughout Europe uh, Central America, well, not so much Central America, but Mexico, in South America, and some of the Asian countries. So they brought us into the international market. We we now have some integrators in Mexico, oh. and there's great interest there. Uh, the infrastructure solution is quite appealing. Uh, one thing I need to mention, maybe it's obvious, but new construction gains the best benefit from our system, given that going in with class two wiring to begin with and being able to save that money and labor on the line bolt versus the line bolt solution. But retrofit in commercial where you have access to the wire, which there's a, if you think about it, commercial is a lot of open grid ceilings, yeah. drop ceilings places like that, it does make sense to do retrofits in many applications to gain the benefit of our system, especially with the performance control and maintenance side of things. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there. The only time that it's a challenge to justify a retrofit with our system is in a hard ceiling existing application, like an existing home. Uh, really, it's best suited in the residential market for new construction. Okay. And so that's, that's what we're seeing. Okay. Well, I thank you for your time and your knowledge and information. I would love to have you back in the future as your company grows, you have new solutions or rather added to your total package solution and just, uh, just see where things are for LumaStream. So in the future, if you have time, I would love to have you back to talk about your product and solutions. I appreciate that very much. We look forward to doing that. I, I look forward to staying in touch with you and let you know how things are are playing out as uh, the AV industry starts to adopt our, our technology. Okay. Fun ride. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is our entire business is set up for for the installer market. I'm not going to say just the AV integrator because electricians are coming on board now too. Got but it. we are listening to our customers. And we're building a company around their needs and their market feedback to us. So Installer. any ideas you all have, we're listening. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for clarifying that it, it is a installer solution and not specifically AV integrators, although you do work with them. So LumaStream yeah. is an installer-based solution, which is definitely changing the market as, uh, as we speak. So everyone, this has been... AV Insider, I'm your host, Johnny Moda. Eric, thank you for your time. For everyone that didn't catch the information on where to learn more, head over to lumastream.com, L-U-M-A, stream, lumastream.com. 
but if you're more of a social person like myself and you want to get it, check them out on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash LumaStream. They're on LinkedIn. You can check them out there. Should Twitter still exist tomorrow, it's at LumaStream. Or if you're more of a video demonstration person, check out youtube.com forward slash user forward slash LumaStream. <laughs> and um, again, one more time, LumaStream.com is where you can get all this information and more uh, aside this podcast you're listening to, which of course is at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab where you will find my show, AV Insider, Victoria's show, the, or sorry, Coffee with Millennial Z, as well as a handful of other ones and in, in the ones that we'll be hosting at Infocom coming soon, the Trade Show Minute, which is a much shorter version of this long-winded one that I just did now. Uh, it's, it's a bit different concept. Everyone, if you have any questions for me, my email is johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, at ravepubs.com. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, at jimoto3, Snapchat is av underscore insider. Uh, otherwise, just Google my name. Send me some hate mail, love mail, give me critiques. You want to be on the show, talk tech. <laughs> you want to reach out to Eric, um, I maybe could connect you should you email me. But send me some mail. We'll talk. <laughs> Everyone, this has been AV Insider. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next show. All right. Good night, John.